Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to tackle a Twitter controversy that happened on <laughs> February 29th. And uh, so what happened was, as soon as I released a clip, we've been releasing these audio clips that are just little snippets from our episodes. I released a clip from our review of It's a Super Life. In which I was personally making an argument for why Carr referring to Lena as a villain was fair and justified. I thought I had a couple pretty good points and I thought it was a pretty funny clip. So I put it out there on the interwebs. But reactions from those who disagreed with me about the clip seemed to mostly have an issue with me saying that I thought four-year-old Lena Luther liked watching her mother drown. Uh, drown and uh, these reactions uh, to my statements were not kind uh, and instead of debating the merits of my analysis they uh, were direct personal attacks on me as well as my character so uh, this was very dramatic very uh, uh, intense that happened this was probably we've had some interactions like this on Twitter before but this was uh, this was so different. Yeah, this was the most intense ones. It, it was a weird weekend for sure. Like every time I would pull my phone out when we were out and like look at like I would just see like twenty plus Twitter notifications and I go, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I just slowly put the phone back in the purse. Like nah. <laughs> Goodbye, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> it uh, it went on for about two days. Uh, so it was it was uh, it was pretty um pretty nasty and intense uh so to those people who said some really nasty things about me and about supergirl radio i just want to say i wish you no ill uh i sort of actually sympathize and empathize uh with those people uh because in my personal life it took me a little while to learn how to respectfully disagree with people and it that i think comes with age and wisdom and maturity so I think some of that will just take some time for some of these these folks. So I don't, uh, you know, I don't wish anybody ill. You know, you're welcome to think what you want to think, and you're welcome to disagree. Uh, for me, that's a daily ongoing practice that I have to I have to practice disagreeing. So if you don't practice disagreeing, then uh, you're probably going to have really vitriolic reactions to things. Um, so. The weird thing about this whole situation is that this was not the first time we've discussed Lena and her, watching her mother drown. This was actually the 
third time that we had actually discussed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's why I personally didn't, I, I guess I'm sort of stuck in this Supergirl radio bubble that we have because we intentionally try to stay out of these fandom wars. And so I just kind of went under the assumption that our listeners knew what we were talking about, knew that... You know, I was kind of, I'll admit to you, Morgan, I was kind of teasing you a little bit when when I mentioned it. Yeah, well, that's exactly how I took, well, I think the, the other issue was that the lack of context around, like, the clip, the context is that, and I kept getting kind of annoyed at people, because I was like, if you listened, like, 10, se- literally 10 seconds before <laughs> that clip began, it was me taking the opposite side and saying, I don't think it's fair that you, you know, that you blame her for that. She was only four. And so when the clip begins, it's you, like, ri- like gently ribbing me about it. Lena was a good person in all of those timelines, except that everyone died. Uh, which is through no fault of her own, you know. Uh, she did get mad a bunch of times. But, that, I mean, that's sort of her jam. She's She gets mad at people pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a flaw of her. That's a character flaw. But, uh. Otherwise, she kind of pulled through. Yeah, sometimes she gets drunk and puts on a leather jacket and goes and, to kill And then someone. it's murdering time. Then it's murdering time. When she gets drunk, when that leather comes out, it's a uh, do not get in her way. <laughs> okay, since I guess we're here, uh, my question is at what point, because I saw a lot of people on uh, the interwebs uh, across all of our social media platforms uh, upset that Kara as Supergirl reference lena as a villain and while i understand the sort of outrage over that i also wonder at what point is it okay for lena to be labeled as a villain because can we can we can we recap some of the things that lena luther has done <laughs> remember the time she science murdered that guy that was good, good time i mean time. <laughs> she she did probably have him sign a waiver so i'm not gonna totally... the, way, the waiver said i might science murder you <laughs> sorry and then a sad face <laughs> I, yeah, he, he signed it i think he he was under the impression that he he might not make it so i'm not gonna count that that was a freebie <laughs> that's a freebie we're not gonna we're not gonna count that uh so as a child she watched her mother drown didn't help her i feel like you can't hold that you can't hold that against a four-year-old <laughs> what was she supposed to go jump in baywatch style and drag her mom out she could have I mean, yelled. she could have yelled for help she, she could have done, done something she might have been traumatized michael well, it certainly <laughs> is a traumatizing event and kind of informs some of those later actions yeah okay all right yeah. all right so even if we don't count watching your mother drown and sort of liking it uh, and then science murdering a guy. She still tried to murder Morgan Edge. She kidnapped Eve and implanted an AI into her brain. She tried that to kill Supergirl. <laughs> she tried to kill Supergirl. She's chosen to work with Lex, and she knows what Lex is capable of and what he's done in the past. And her big plan for this season is that she is trying to remove free will from people uh, from the entire planet, from the entire population of Earth. She's trying to do this. So my question is... <laughs> At one point, is it okay to call her a villain? That seems that all seems like villainous stuff to me. So I think she's still in a in a morally gray area, <laughs> but she is trending hard towards villainy. <laughs> she has gotten behind the 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 the, the sails of those ships, and she's like to the horizon, where the horizon is mind control. <laughs> so just to clarify, taking over a 
a military base and <laughs> and being like this close to launching your mind control weapon on the entire world yep. that's just trending towards villainy right yes that's <laughs> it's not actual See, that's villainy towards villainy because like she didn't do it. And also, she felt real sad about it. She had, she had, she, as she was doing it, she was like, man, I miss my friend. But then she was like, but I'm so mad at my friend, I have to mind control everyone. I think when, when Lena gets to, to to full villainy is when she like throws out, out the scrapbook that she put together of her and Kara's best moments, <laughs> where, where she rips it up and she like sets it on fire and she's like, all right. This, it's time. She takes off the friendship bracelet. She throws it in the fire. She's like, it's on now. I feel like as long as, long as she's got that friendship bracelet, there's still a small part of her that's good. I completely took that as like, I'm making fun of Morgan a little bit because that was her opposite opinion. <laughs> because I knew you, I knew you were going to defend Lena. Like I knew yeah, that exactly. was going to happen. So I sort of did it just to sort of, and then like, we, we brought up Morgan Edge, who, you know, we we routinely joke about how Lena got drunk and put on her leather jacket and tried to kill Morgan Edge. Like, yeah, that, these these are regular jokes that we have on the podcast. Exactly. All the, like, half the things that you listed are regular jokes in the podcast. I was saying right before we started recording that I feel like I have to apologize because Rebecca took a lot of heat for one of my long-running jokes, which is that Lena Science murdered a guy. Because <laughs> uh, I say it all the time, because the phrase science murdered a dude, to me, is very funny. <laughs> uh, listen, do I think that she, like, intentionally committed murder? No. <laughs> do I think that the phrase science murdered a guy is funny? Yes, <laughs> that's why we do it. Like, our regular listeners understand that because we had a, like, you know, hour and a half discussion about the episode where she was like, oops, I science murdered a dude. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like, you would know if you were, you know, if you listen to the podcast or if even I had people who were like, I listened to that whole episode. I cannot believe it's become this thing. Yeah. Because when you listen to it in context, it is literally, it's it's kind of nothing. And that's why I didn't think anything of it when I released the clip. I wouldn't have either. And uh, I know there was some criticism about, you know, why did you release that specific part of the episode? Uh, and, you know, there were people who were like, well, you did it for the clicks and you did it for the you know, the stats, you know, getting your numbers because you're going to, you know, it's like they thought it was clickbaity. Yeah. Like we're going to be millionaires now. Rebecca. <laughs> we, we find, <gasps> Finally, we've made figured it, it out. Twitter. Oh, my gosh. We've, now that we've made it into the Twitter outrage machine, we're going to monetize. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, actually, that's not why I did that at all. Um, so I sort of explained it on an Instagram live that I did after I realized that this was becoming a thing. Uh, but so if you're wondering why I pegged that specific clip was because the the several clips before were very Morgan heavy. And if if I could have my way, they would all be Morgan heavy because all of our clips are better when there's a lot more Morgan in there than anything. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but since I, I try to do a little variety in those clips, so you're not always kind of listening to the same kind of clip. So uh, I thought maybe I would put a little more of me in there. And I thought that was a pretty 
funny thing that I had instigated in the episode was that discussion about Lena as a villain and you know it it we I, I was able to find a, a good clean in even though it took out some of the context I found a way to start it and end it where it it uh fit into the time frame of Instagram's like sort of 58 59 second uh specification so that it like if you go over 59 seconds on Instagram it will take you to Instagram uh IGTV so I tried to keep oh. it I, I I tried to keep it under a minute um and also like the the website that we use to create the clips wave.co um it it uh it's based on so like it's based on your minutes so you have we have we pay monthly for this website and we get 10 minutes a month to create any kind of clip that we want to do so if uh so if we keep it to a minute then we get 10 clips a month that basic thing so i try to keep it within the minute time frame so we can create 10 clips a month so I basically just wanted variety in the clips that, that you can hear. And so I put more of myself in it this time. I didn't think anything was wrong with it. I didn't think there was anything outrageously crazy about it. Um, and so I didn't anticipate any kind of big reaction. So for anybody listening who is like, well, they that that was clickbaity. They were trying to poke the you know yeah. poke the bear or whatever. No, no, we, we had, weren't. We had no. We I had weren't. no idea. I had no idea when I cut that clip that it would be a big thing. I believe Instagram really. I think it's Inst- I think it's all Instagram. I'm gonna I'm coming out with a hot take on this one. It's Instagram's fault. <laughs> so yeah, so we discussed it in our uh, 100th episode. The first time we discussed it was during Rather the Fallen Angel, which was the first time we had heard about uh, Lena and watching her mother drown. I liked so much that they had them, like, build up this sort of relationship in that lab together. And it was uh, such a simple story. Basically, the uh, Lena's entire sub, uh, subplot this episode is just some scenes of the, her talking to this test subject in a lab. But it was so compelling, and we learned so much about him and we learned so much about her too some stuff that i don't think that we had gotten before about her like her past and her mom her actual birth mom it was very cool yeah so um talking about lena luther as one of the fallen angels part of her fallen nature comes from when she was four years old she tells the story of how she watched her mother die and she didn't do anything to help her do you uh, I guess my question to you is, do you think that's a good justification for her possibly becoming evil? Do you think that uh, satisfies that story or do you think that's kind of a cop out? I mean, if the idea is like because she didn't like uh, no CPR as a four year old that she's <laughs> destined to be evil. I think that's uh, such a weird one. I We even have a character, Adam, in the show going like, you were like literally a baby. Yeah. Like, what were you going to do? Is you're not going to like go out and Baywatch? Um, but I think that for her, it sort of cements that idea that she's never been a good person and like she's never lived up to these like ideals that she would have for herself. And so I think that Lena is actually a better person than she gives herself credit for. But she thinks of herself as being like a very morally compromised person, I think. Uh, and I think we can see the beginnings of, of that perspective that she has in that story about how her mother died. Yeah, I think a lot of it with Lena is her view of herself, um, which which I can 
identify with on a certain level because I will beat myself up about something. Like if I make a mistake or I do something wrong, I will judge myself about that for a long time. Other people may not. Other people may forgive me or let it go, but I I will really harp on myself for a long time about it. Um, And so I think that's kind of what Lena does uh, Adam even tries to like reassure, reassure her that she's, you know, a good person and she's doing good things. And she's like, um, well, first of all, I'm not going to tell you my last name because I'm ashamed of who I am. So I'm going to call you. So you're going to call me by my middle name, even though you don't know that. And um, then she even goes on this whole monologue about how after what happened with her mother, she was sent to the Luther family and she realized that even with with all of their crimes and their horrible deeds, that maybe she belonged with them. And so I think she's taken that guilt of what she did, even when she was four years old, and she keeps going back to that, no matter how much good she puts out in the world. Um, So I thought that was especially tragic. She even, I think Lena knows that she can be a good person. She even says that, you know, bad luck doesn't make you a bad person, bad choices do. So I think she knows that she can be a good person if she makes good choices, but I don't know. I think she's just really self, so self-critical that she's beating herself up about all of that. And I don't know if she can, I guess she can, she can beat it if she really wanted to, but I think it's up to her to, to choose to do good and to be good. I agree. I, I thought that was, it was a nice like dive into her character, um, especially like learning more about where that sort of that sense of guilt and taking everything on herself, maybe that started from that, that part of seeing her mother die and not being able to do anything about it. It's very tragic. Yeah. And I, I think that some people might look at this as, Oh, well, they're just doing this to make her evil. And that's probably true, but I thought it was really clever how they did it because you were talking about not expecting certain things well, I wasn't expecting the the twist of, oh, she maybe has been this way. You know, maybe she's been sort of Luth- Luthorian all her life. I didn't expect that at all because I thought they were trying to play her up as, you know, she was introduced as the Luthor who was trying to come in and clean up the name and do the good good things in National City that Lex never did. Um, so I didn't expect for them to go back and say, no, she's always kind of been like this. Um, so to me, I think that that's a good way to do it. If they wanted to make her evil, I think they, or at least turn her to a side where she's going to make even, uh, more morally great choices. They have, the writers have to find a way to make that work because Lena has become a good character. She's been a hero. She's done good things. And so you can't just go, oh, well, she's evil now because she had a fight with Supergirl. Yeah, exactly. So I think that they were actually pretty smart in what they did here because now they can go back and say, well, she's been kind of like this for a long time. And then, you know, what what happens happens because she's she's been that way all her life. So I, I thought that was actually uh, pretty smart. It was something that I was not expecting at all. We love that episode. I love that episode. Uh, I really That's enjoyed. One. I enjoyed the 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 look inside Lena Luther as a character, um, and I thought Katie did such a great job in that episode. And it was one of the few episodes of season four. Like I 
remember and would want to rewatch. I couldn't tell you a lot of episodes in season four. I'll be honest, but <laughs> I remember I remember that one really well because you know it's a, it's a Lena Luther like tour de force episode really, and it's it was a good character study. Yeah, and that was the same episode that we found out that her middle name was the little uh, was Kieran, which means the little dark one. So that there's some we'll talk we'll talk a little bit more about that, but it, it just some of that is part of you know how I build the case for what you know how I interpret the story. But then the the next time that we talked about it was during uh, season five's Confidence Women episode with that's. Uh, Lena and Andrea like uh, traipsing through the jungle <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> Lena was like, "It's it's time for my jungle attire." <laughs> I was actually disappointed that her jungle attire was actually reasonable jungle attire. Yeah, it looked like she was. Uh, it, it was appropriate for the the setting that she was in. I wanted it to be like a full length ball gown. <laughs> <laughs> The one thing that I was confused about, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more about Akrata uh, and Andrea and, and and the actual journey to find the medallion and all of that. But since we're here talking about Lena, the thing that I was confused about was the entire episode seemed to hinge on the fact that Lena really loved her mother, and Lena really just had this close bond with her mother, and I just kept thinking the whole time, didn't Lena? Uh, willingly stared down her mother while she was drowning and refused to help her? Well, well... (laughs) When she was four years old. I was about to say, good point. Um, (laughs) Well, I... So, I think that's Lena, like, adult Lena's interpretation of what happened, like, based Mm. on guilt. But, like, a four-year-old... A four-year-old isn't, like, uh, that that dude from Baywatch who just dives in and, like, like, come on, Mom, I'm gonna get you with their tiny four-year-old arms. Like, I don't... (laughs) Like, I I feel like watching your mom, like, drown would be pretty traumatic for a four-year-old. She was probably in shock. I also don't know what she thought four-year-old her was going to do about the situation besides just stand there and be like wait what's going on (laughs) so I think I feel like the idea of like she just watched her mom die is like an adult Lena interpretation of what happened I don't I don't blame a four-year-old for like not not diving in there and like dragging a full-grown woman to shore (laughs) well that I understand I just was confused about what the show was trying to get across with Lena and her her relationship with her mother because previously it was my assumption that Lena watched her mother die and it was kind of the first sense that she was a Luther that there was something in her that was Luther she even says Lena says in uh, Remember the Fallen Angels, she says, what kind of child doesn't run to her mother or uh, doesn't scream for help? I knew I knew something was wrong, but I did nothing. I just watched her die. Like, that seems really ominous. And so <laughs> when I watched this week's episode of Supergirl, I was like, where is this? Where is this uh, this really close bond between Lena and her mother coming from? I, I don't know. I just... From the previous information we had gotten about her mother, it didn't gel with me in terms of this story of, oh, she told me this story from the storybook, and I really wanted to do it for my mother, and just like everything was revolving around her mother uh, to the point that we actually get to see young Lena with her mother, who having to look a lot like Kenny McGrath. 
um, <laughs> at the end of the episode. So I don't know. I, that was the only thing in this episode that I was really like, I don't know if I can buy that part of it. Yeah, see, that's that's funny. That didn't bother me at all. Although I, I I take your point that like they really didn't do any lead up to her relationship with her mother. Like we only have ever heard about her birth mother. I think that one time, uh, and then besides that, it's all been Lillian, uh, our 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 favorite Luther, maybe. <laughs> Did, did you notice that young Lena at the boarding school wore uh, pearls? Uh, I thought that was very Lillian Luther of her to do so. Lillian's like, all all of the girls there are going to be wearing, <laughs> wearing a full set of pearls. It's the, it's the chill high school thing to do, darling. <laughs> like, I think Lillian did that on purpose. She set Lena up for failure. She's like, this is what the cool kids will wear. <laughs> what a 40-year-old woman would be into. <laughs> well, we had heard about Lena's mother in Luther's from season two i believe and uh then we heard about her again in rather the fallen angel or at least that's all i could find in my google docs uh so uh there could be more information but that's when i did a quick google doc search of my notes those are the two episodes that came up so we had only really heard about lena's connection to lionel and uh then her watching her mother die so i i I just had a hard time buying the sentimentality of what Lena was going through. Cause I was like, it kind of felt like you enjoyed watching your mother die. <laughs> like that's what, <laughs> that's what I got from the, the previous mention of her in this show. So I was very, uh, kind of, mm, I don't, I don't know. I was skeptical about her, her bond with her mother. I feel like they just, they, they should have seen it more, if her mom was going to be part of this huge motivation for like the season, like they maybe should have mentioned her like in passing the only, literally the only time we've ever heard Lena talk about her mom was like this traumatic event where she watched her mom die. No, it wasn't like, and then my mom used to say this and that to me. So the idea that like, she kept on hitting it so hard. Like my mother said this and my mother did that. And my mother did this. It was kind of like the show was like retroactively wanted to go back and make Lena's like biological mother important. And they were like, well, how do we do that? She's almost never mentioned her. And they're like, you know what is great for that? It's time for a flashback. <laughs> oh, did Lena never mention her mother? Because it turns out she's been mentioning her for 15 years. It's like, okay, uh, all right, fine. <laughs> Hard to argue with that show. We discussed it then because Lena's mother came back into play uh, with the medallion, all of that. Um, so in case someone is listening to this because they want to hear us address this issue and you hadn't listened to the podcast before I'm, I'm going to drop these clips in so that you can hear the full context of us discussing them um, because I realized very early on when this Twitter thing blew up that most people I would probably say almost all of them who were upset with us or specifically me had not listened to Supergirl radio before and had only listened to that one minute clip uh, so that, that became very clear to me very quickly that, uh, that that was the case. And just FYI, 
I would imagine most podcasters can tell when you haven't listened to their podcast. We had a couple listeners that I saw that were, that said something like, you know, I don't really agree with this, but, you know, okay. Like, I could tell our listeners because they were like, oh, I don't, I don't really agree with this take. And then our, our non-listeners were like so mad <laughs> the non-listeners were super mad the listeners were like eh, i don't think that this take is like for me <laughs> because the outrage was so intense it it became clear to me that these people did not know us as people they did not know us as um you know our personalities our senses of humor uh, the way we talk about things like we joke around we have a good time but we also have very deep conversations and we have really good discussions about characters and story so um, one of the things I, I was very saddened about was that uh, people uh, were judging us for things that uh, that they were not uh, educated about they had not been listening they did not listen to the full context of the episode um, and they also were judging us without having known us. I think for me, one of the weirder aspects of the whole uh, the whole Twitter incident, or kerfuffle, as I've, I like to say, because it's a fun word to say, that is, a fun is word. that a lot of people were like, "You don't like you don't have to twist the story just because you hate Lena Luther." <laughs> and I just kept going, huh <laughs> like if you are a regular li listener of this podcast you'll know that rebecca and i both love lena luther love. like we have a whole segment of the show dedicated to her uh i was doing before the 100th episode i think i did an instagram live just to test it out and somebody asked like what was my favorite season and i almost said season one and then i was like i can't say season one because lena wasn't there and this <laughs> is my favorite so the just having a bunch of people yelling at you and and being like well you just hate the character when it's your favorite character is a very strange feeling where you're like huh and it's like this feeling where it's like uh, they're yelling at us but they're not really yelling at us because if you listen to us, you would not be able to be like, this take is wrong because you hate the character. Like I can respect you saying this take is wrong because, but your, your point of view can't be this take is wrong because we hate the character. If you've ever listened to our podcast, there were a lot of uninformed assumptions about us as a podcast and about <laughs> us yes. as people. Uh, which I think is very unfortunate because if you did spend time with us, I would I would hope that you would realize that we are fun-loving people, that we are not uh, hateful people, we are not um, trying to stir up any trouble. We just like talking about stories and characters and Lena's wardrobe. Like we're not we're not trying to do anything mean. Lena's in her Twitter banner. Yeah, she's in her boardroom or ballroom in our Twitter banner. You did. You didn't even have to listen to the podcast. You could have just scrolled up <laughs> on, the, on the Twitter. It's she's there. She's well represented, and uh, you know, very close to director Bones. So that just kind of <laughs> it. That to me signals like we're a little zany on this podcast. Like it's not <laughs> meant to be taken a hundred percent seriously. Uh, so I think it's uh, I think it's unfortunate for those who who maybe judged us without really uh, spending time with us. And I, I've experienced that a lot within this past year that people have passed judgment on me without 
ever spending time with me, one person never actually talking to me at all, who was just Facebook friends with me, who just from mutual friends and had like n never really known me outside of Facebook, never spent time with me, never talked to me and said some really hateful, awful things about me. And uh, so I've had a lot of this over the past year and it's just kind of uh, really kind of built up. And so uh, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about uh, at some point about kind of how this has affected me over the last weekend because I think that's an important story out of all of this because I, I want people to know that there, you know, there's somebody on the other side of some of those mean, mean tweets. Um, but before we get into that, um, I guess we should talk about my take. Uh, so, cause I think we've, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I guess since all of this has happened, I, I want to give more example to to back up why I think why I think because after this happened on Saturday I started to think well maybe I misremembered it maybe maybe I'm just like I just I think I remember it one way and maybe maybe I just got it all wrong but then I went back into my google docs and found the dialogue that I was was referencing from rather the fallen angel and I was like no I'm 100% correct. Like, this take is valid. I don't, under I don't understand what they're so mad about. So here's the dialogue that I am specifically referencing when I say that it is possible, in my opinion, that Lena liked watching her mother drown. So this is the dialogue. So Lena says, what kind of child doesn't run to their mother or doesn't scream for help? I knew. I knew something was wrong, but I did nothing. I just watched her die. And afterward, I was brought to this terrible family, and I have spent my life fighting their legacy and their crimes and their evil deeds. But I've always known that deep down inside that I belonged with them. And so she's talking about the Luthers. And so she wonders in that scene if her, her actions as a four-year-old, if there was something different about her as a four-year-old. Was there some reason why she... Uh, just watched her mother die. Yeah, and I, and I believe in that scene. So I, I think that scene gives you, a, like a kind of the both sides as well too, because yes. you have her saying that, and you have her saying like, I I could have done something or I should have reacted differently, um, and then you have Adam, um, who is the test subject in that episode, saying like, you were just a child, and there's nothing you could do about it. So even within the writing, I think that there's a framework for both interpretations to kind of stand next to each other. Which I should reiterate, the two of us are, are <laughs> on the opposite, on the side, opposite side. Like, it, yeah, it's so funny. We are on either end of that. So I'm more on the, like, what I think is really funny about this whole situation is that I'm basically just reiterating what lena thought about herself like i'm not making this up you're just taking lena at her word yes. she's like she's like i could have done something and rebecca's like i mean if you think so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well so here's let me just give you an uh, an insight into how how i visually interpreted it in my mind so when a character like this is describing something and they're not showing they're not visually showing it to you on the show like they never flash back and show this scenario happen uh so in my mind i'm trying to visualize what she's telling me so i in my mind i see a four-year-old lena watching her mother 
flail about. She's probably screaming. She's probably gasping for air because she's going down and she's she's drowning. And I just see little four-year-old Lena, four-year-old little Lena, the little dark one, Luther. I see her just staring her down. In my mind, I would compare her to Macaulay Culkin from The Good Son. Now, if you've never watched The Good Son, it's an excellent film. Oh, it's so scary. Like, when I was little, I really loved Macaulay Culkin. And I was after all the Home Alone movies. And my mom was like, what movie do you want to rent? And I was like, I want to rent The Good Son because Macaulay Culkin is the best. And then we, like, took it home and we were watching it. And we, like, it ended. And I was just like, I wish I hadn't watched that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an excellent film, but it's terrifying. It is uh, one of the most visceral depictions of evil uh, that I think has ever been put to film. And there's a whole genre. Oh, yeah. Like, the scary little kid movies are the scariest. Like, there's something so uns- – that's why, like, when you watch, a, like, a scary movie or a scary, you know, something w- – and they have the little ghost child in the corner. Yes. That's why the little ghost child is scarier than the grown-up ghost. Like, there is something just scarier about the innocence of, like, childhood, but it's not. It's like that thing where, like, you expect something to be one way, and it's not that way. Like, if you've ever seen somebody, like, in a horror movie, spider crawl up a wall, like, I don't want to see somebody's body move that way, and yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so in The Good Son, Macaulay Culkin is this kid... Uh, Henry, who delights in not only causing trouble, but causing people physical harm. He tries to cause car accidents. He uh, kills a dog. He uh, fakes like he's trying to help somebody when, like, this little girl is drowning. He wants her to drown. Um, So there are all these things that he does, and he intentionally does them because he wants to be evil, and he wants to cause pain and cause death and so when I visually depicted little Lena in that scene in my mind that's the kind of thing I was thinking of so just to give that comparison if that makes it any clearer to anybody else the good son is kind of the best comparison that I can think of Um, so that's why that's why I was saying that maybe if she stared her mom down there is that possibility she was doing it because she was interested in seeing her mother die. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened. I'm just saying that's a possibility for why that was the case. If she didn't want to help her, why else was she doing it? You could also argue that she was freezing up and she was in shock. That's a perfectly valid interpretation too. But just the 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 building up about the fact that she was questioning her, her uh, connection to the Luthers, she had watched her mother die. The fact that her middle name was the little dark one. All of those things together made me come to that conclusion in terms of my interpretation. So, you know, if if people disagree with that, that's fine. That's just kind of what I took away from it. And that's why I was so shocked when the Confidence Women episode aired. Because I was like, all of a sudden she loves her mother now like i it, it was it was kind of weird for me as listeners would know i always take the opposite side of right. the spectrum um and rebecca helpfully has this in this in the doc that adam in that episode reassures her and says it was she's practically a baby it's not her fault 
Um, I, I don't think that a four year, uh, I I think even in the 100th episode, I was, I said something like to you, like, <laughs> what was she supposed to do? Like jump in Baywatch style and like, yeah. save her like as a four year old, like, so my perspective is, you know, a four year old is she probably, maybe she didn't even know what was going on. Maybe she was just so shocked and traumatized. Shock can really like, you know, fight or flight. Maybe she's just standing there. She doesn't really understand what's happening. It, it could be shock. Um, yeah, like that's sort of, and then I see her as later in life, you know, now that she's been with the Luther family and she's, you know, in this kind of evil, really messed up family, um, now she's kind of putting that, taking that interpretation of, you know, my fa this whole family is bad. Everybody looks at me as if I'm bad. Maybe I've always been bad. Maybe when I froze up, when I watched, when I saw, you know, when my mother drowned, I wasn't freezing up. Maybe that was a sign of my future villainy. Right. But I'm not like I don't see that as her. I see that as her sort of flawed interpretation of herself, because I do think that she is more cognizant of the fact that people judge her by her last name. They see Luther, they think she's evil, like Lex and like Lillian. And so she always kind of feels like she has to defend against it. But I think, you know, if you have a bunch of people saying to you all the time, like, well, you're bad, you're probably bad, like your family, you're probably bad, like your family, there's got to be a little thing in your head that goes, am I, am I bad, like my family? And so I think that in that scene, she's kind of recontextualizing this really traumatic experience that happened to her as a child and going, this is a, this is an example of why I'm probably bad, like my family. So that was my interpretation of the scene. Saying all that, like, I don't think that your interpretation of the scene is insane. Like, <laughs> she's, she's, Lena, the thing I like about Lena Luther and the thing I've always liked about Lena Luther is that she's kind of a morally gray character. She's trying to be good and she's trying to be good, but she has some dark inclination. She's had a pretty messed up life. And so some of that has kind of bled through and so you know she'll save like humanity but occasionally she'll get drunk and put on her murder jacket and then we're gonna watch out <laughs> and that's what I like about the character I feel like there is kind of from what I've seen from these this past weekend there does appear to be like a contingent of people who watch the show and think Lena Luther is uh purely good she is a a perfect angel <laughs> and that's okay if that's you watch the show and that's your interpretation of the character and that's cool but in my opinion that kind of flattens out what's interesting about the character yeah. and yeah. that kind of does her a little bit of a disservice like if if lena luther was always good all the time would i uh, would she be my perfect queen i don't think so <laughs> like i she would still have probably the best wardrobe but yeah. i don't know that i would find her as interesting or as I, as dynamic of a character every time we get a good lena episode it's always the best because there's layers to it you get to question her motives you have you get to be like is this are they pointing at like you know is she doing something for this reason or for that reason I like that she's a character who kind of can make who who's always striving to do the right thing, but has an ability, as we've seen this season, to justify to ends justify the means like, OK, you know, it's it's OK that I do this because in the end, a good thing will happen, even if it's not 
you know, not a good thing that she's doing in between. And we see that with a lot of characters too. Like she's certainly not the only character who's killed somebody. Um, we saw it last season with uh, with Jean. He he pretty much just took out Martian. Uh, uh, I was going to say Martian Manhunter. Manchester just himself. <laughs> uh, he just took out himself, man. It got deep. Uh, he, he took out Manchester Black. Like that was, it was, I mean, if that was pretty close to, as close to murder as the show has got. And we call those characters out for that kind yeah. of thing. We, we've called, we've called, we've called Supergirl out for that kind of thing. I even had a problem with, uh, in the 100th episode, it's a super life, uh, with Monel throwing the, uh, I forget what the, the staff of Kolar, I think it was the same, uh, weapon, um, threw it to Martian Manhunter who then killed Rain where it was like, okay, is is Sam still in there? Are they just killing I guess Sam? We don't care about Sam anymore. <laughs> that was that was season three. They don't care now. <laughs> so it it was one of those things where like we we don't just question Lena. We question all the characters and criticize them anytime they they do something um, that's that's worrisome. Yeah. Uh, from our point of views, I, I think I also think it's funny because you got a you personally got a lot of criticism, which I feel very sad about. Um, but uh, you you were actually the person in that 100th episode podcast that that said that you were upset with Kara because it kind of felt like she was giving up on Lena and that what you like best about Kara is her hopefulness about other people and that, you know, our, our Kara Danvers, who we love, like she doesn't give up on people. Supergirl doesn't give up on people. And you were kind of like it felt a little bit like Supergirl was giving up on Lena. And I don't you know, I don't agree with that. <laughs> My problem with Kara telling Lena or referencing Lena as a villain, my problem was not the, the word villain. My problem with that interaction was that Supergirl has always been the character who would believe that there was good in a villain. That there was something that could maybe she could reach out to and use to convince them not to do the bad thing they're about to do. And it's like she she just let that go and she dropped that aspect of her character now i i also was glad to see that Kara realized hey lena's choices are her choices uh that i was glad to see that Kara wasn't going to keep that guilt on herself because i think that is something she has to come to terms with like i messed up i tried to make it right but you know lena's choices are her choices and i can't do anything about that <laughs> So yeah, I was conflicted about that. And I think with in regards to Lena specifically, I think there is a really awesome nature versus nurture argument to be had with her. And I think we probably might be on different sides of that. I personally think that it's more interesting that maybe she's been a little dark one all along. Like I think that's, for me, that's a little more interesting because it's not just oh, she can blame the Luthers. Like, maybe there's part of her that was always like that. So I, I think that's, personally for me, that's more interesting. But I think there are arguments to be had, and I think that's what's cool about the Lena character is that you could interpret it any number of ways. And so she, that means that she's a complicated character and she's not boring and that she uh, has a yeah. lot to discuss with her. And I think, you know, as podcasters, as fans, I think that's kind of what we like about Lena is that she... She isn't just one note, you know, it, I, I think there is something to be said about maybe, you know, maybe she has had some of this 
all along. Maybe it was just her influence from the Luthers, or maybe it's just she makes bad choices. So I think there's there's a lot to be discussed with the with the character of Lena. Yeah, and and, and you and I have talked since literally since she was introduced on the show <laughs> about whether or not we we want to see her ultimately stay good go evil like somewhere in between and i've always been on the the train that i think that she's much more interesting as a mostly good character that sometimes does stuff that is morally shady because i think that that makes her a more compelling character because i i feel like if they if they do take her all the way to villainy then where where does she go from there kind of almost like Supergirl, I don't know that Supergirl as a, as a show is interested in, like, a long-term villain. Like, I don't know if they're interested in having Lena be like, Kara's Lex Luthor, who's just kind of always around, like, cackling in her, you know, in her giant office and being like, uh, try try me next time, Supergirl. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't see the show. So the show is very, traditionally has been very one-season villains. So you get this, the villain at the beginning. You get rid of him at the end. And so I, my concern has always been if they decide to make Lena a villain, do I lose her after a season? Yeah. And I can't have that because <laughs> where will my style inspiration come from? Like, I would much rather keep her good and have her be a complicated good character because I think that that, you know, gives us a lot to talk about. It gives, you know, you a lot to think about when you watch her on the show. And also it's kind of a more compelling story. It's here's a person who like grew up in a really tough environment and had really the worst family you could probably have. <laughs> although a lot of horses, uh, <laughs> which, does, which does work in her favor. And just to be able to see a journey of somebody who's like fighting a dark side and always trying to be good to me is more interesting than somebody who's like, and now the evil monkeys I will release. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm sure that Alina Luther, fully evil, chewing the scenery, I would also be a big fan of, like, <laughs> any iteration, really. But uh, I think, to me, the most interesting aspect of her is is the, the layers that, that she has and the fact that she's a dynamic character. She's not just one thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think she's a much more compelling character when she is riding that line. But personally, for me... I've always been kind of like, I want to see her go bad. I want to see her be. <laughs> well, you also love a good villain. I, lo okay. I love villains, and I love Katie as a villain specifically. And I think Katie McGrath is actually one of the only actors on the show, in the universe of the show, that I feel like would really be worthy as, a, as an arch nemesis for Supergirl. I think that version of Lena Luther, I could see that I could see her be the arch nemesis. And so it was really awesome for me. And it's a super life where we got that. We got full on evil Lena. <laughs> she was metallo. She was angry. She was in that office that had the, the red lights and she, she wanted to kill Supergirl. Like that made, that made the season for me just to see that dynamic play out like that because I'd always kind of wondered what that would be like. And maybe it was just a tease and like they're never going to go back to it. But, uh, but I, I can go either way. I'm, I'm not tied to, to any one interpretation. Although I do think if you don't make uh, Lena a villain, it's a huge waste of Katie McGrath's uh, talents because uh, <laughs> she, she's, uh, to me, good Lena 
good heroic Lena is boring. I, I think that's just so boring. That's that's not it's not utilizing all of the the potential crazy that Katie McGrath can really pull out of herself when she needs to. God bless Katie McGrath. <laughs> She's so good as like an insane villain. Uh, so I don't know. I think that I think the the fun part, at least for me in discussing this with you, Morgan, is that we do have these kinds of conversations where it's not yeah. just one-sided. We don't, like, this is one of the areas where I think we most disagree. But I, I think that one of the cool things about Lena and, and like, a lot of the characters on the show is that it's not, it's not a math equation. There's not just one answer. There's not just one interpretation of a character or a storyline. Like, that's the great thing about, you know, art and, you know, pop culture and stuff like that is you can bring to it what you want and you can see in it what you want. And there's that interpretation is valid as well. Like I don't, you know, it's not one plus one equals two where, you know, we have different ways of into these discussions and different ways into looking at the characters. And, and also we're coming to it, you know, you love like a big juicy villain and, and I, and, and I kind of like more of a morally gray character, which is funny because I was having a very similar conversation with my fiance, Mike, who also, he likes his good guys to be good and his bad guys to be bad. And I was like, no, I want to be in the middle. I want to be in that <laughs> weird murky space where it's like, he's good, but then he just shot that dude. Like, I, wanna, <laughs> I, I, I want Supergirl to be justified. And like, <laughs> it's like, I, I like the, I like the characters where you're like, what are they doing? What are they thinking? Where could they go this way or could they go that way? And so it's like, it's also that perspective. So if you are, you know, like me and you like those characters in the middle, then like maybe you want Lena to be a certain way or you want her to stay in that middle section so that you like, it's that area. Whereas like, if you like a good, a good like scene chewing, if you want Terry Hatcher in <laughs> season two, <laughs> You might uh you might be like uh, Lena Luther, put back on your crow coat and let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing about the um one of the interesting things about the the Twitter con the I guess it's a controversy, but I kind of feel like it's a controversy. Controversy, the Twitter controversy. After kind of going through it, is that um there the comments that came to us and more specifically to me it made it seem like there was only one way to uh to analyze that scene and analyze lena's motives and uh i am no stranger to unpopular opinions i am like Zack snyder super fan uh i love batman v superman i will defend it till my dying day that it's one of the greatest films ever made <laughs> And I get a lot of flack for that. I, I get so I get so much flack for, you know, I I love stories where Superman is a Christ figure. And I get a lot of flack for that. Oh, how dare I do that? Is that not a popular interpretation of the character? Like, I feel like I've seen that in, in quite a bit of media featuring Superman. It's in so much, but peop, there are some people who vehemently don't like that interpretation. And so they will try to act like it's not a thing. I will say, like, another another great thing about superhero media is that there are so many different versions. Like, even, like, just taking it to Supergirl, you know, there are so many different versions of these characters throughout 
so many years that if this one interpretation is not your jam, you can probably find like five other ones that you maybe like better. Yeah, and I, I think that that's one of those things where like you can you can bring what you experience in those other interpretations into another interpretation, I guess. And so, and a lot of it's, you know, your personal your personal experience, the meaning that you've gotten through your own experiences will sometimes bleed into your interpretation of a scene or a character. And I think that's probably why I compare a little Lena to Macaulay Culkin in The Good Son, <laughs> uh, because I had seen that movie, you know, and so I, I sort of, that's what I think of when I think of like evil children. So I, I don't know. I just think that there, you know, I would agree with you that, that for something like this, there is no one way you could you could argue that adam adams told her you know you're practically a baby what could you have done and then you could say well that settles it for me i don't think that i, I don't think that i think that there is still room for interpretation there um but but i'm open to other people like morgan you you've made your case about that and i think it's <laughs> valid and i respect it and so we can respectfully disagree and have civil discourse about Lena as a child. Uh, <laughs> and so, and, and for, for me, I just, you know, when we talk about it, I, I, I do like to tease you because I know exactly what your response is going to be. And so I, I try to have fun with that. Uh, I just think that some people don't understand that that's where we're coming from uh, in regards to that. So it was just very strange that the pushback that we seem to get on that was a coming from people who had not listened to the podcast before and B who thought that there was only one way to look at the scene, look at the episode and look at the character. And I, I think that's unfortunate because it closes, like you said, it closes the door on the conversation. Yeah. And, and people who thought that we were coming at, at the interpretation from an anti Lena standpoint, like we were trying to make Lena look bad because we hate the character which is the furthest from the truth like that can possibly be we both we both like different aspects of the character but we both really like the character like anytime that there's a Lena Luther episode we're both like yes now <laughs> now it's going to be we're getting to the good stuff so that was also to me a little strange to see like oh yeah well of course they said this because they hate Lena uh, no what no <laughs> <laughs> i also saw a lot of people like you know, and, and, and these are like internet slang kind of things, but like people wanting us to delete the podcast and all this kind of stuff. And to me, that was uh, a harsh reaction because it felt like people wanted us to shut things down and to stop having a voice. And um, that that's not something that I wish on those people who disagree with yeah, me. Yeah. I, wa I want them to be able to speak freely and have their opinions and um, and go about their, their interpretation. I don't, but, but, you know, let, let me have my voice in that. And I just, when I was going through all this, this past weekend, it sort of felt like a, like a real life non cherry where, <laughs> where, where Lena this season has been trying to make people better by taking away their free will and their ability to think for themselves. And here I was in this Twitter controversy where people were trying to take away my ability to think for myself 
<laughs> and it was so strange to be put in that position. It was funny. Somebody somebody tweeted something funny to me, like um, about Nana Cherry. They were like, after after this, how, how do you feel about Lena's Nana Cherry? And I was like, you know what? She might have a point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like like. It, it, Listen, Lena. What Lena's doing this season? Not cool. You shouldn't take away people's free will. I don't care how nice it makes them. However, I do feel like Twitter.com <laughs> is the test case for this. <laughs> like, she should have like, started small. Twitter is her like justification. She's like, people are like, you can't take away people's free will just to make them nicer. And she's like, oh, oh, can't. Sh should I not do that? And then she just hits a button and Twitter pops up. <laughs> and then everyone's just staring and they're like, okay, no, do it. Do it. <laughs> so I, I just want to uh, conclude with this. So I saw some people say, well, you should apologize. I want a written apology. To those people, I just want you to know, I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to take back what I said. I stand by 100% my interpretation of the scene. If you don't like it, that's great. You can argue against me. Uh, you can give me your reasons of why you don't agree. Uh, but I'm not going to back down from my interpretation. I don't think I said anything wrong. And uh, so I'm not going to give you an apology for that. I will, however, make some apologies uh, to some other people. Uh, number one, to Morgan. Uh, for getting her involved in this mess because this this was not something I ever intended and more <laughs> more Morgan's good name was dragged through the mud and that is not something I ever wanted to happen so I want to give you an apology back because as mentioned one of the things that you got a lot of flack for was saying that Lena science murdered a guy <laughs> which is which is basically, you basically were just parroting my joke back to me. <laughs> and I felt awful when I was like seeing all these tweets come in that I was like, she didn't. Su Adam signed a waiver. Oh, I didn't realize <laughs> that you could just science murder somebody if they signed a waiver. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> but no, like, I, I felt really bad. I was like, oh no, that's, that's my, that's my joke. And it's like, not even a serious joke. Like, <laughs> But people, but people who don't listen don't know that that is supposed to be humorous. It's coming from a place of love, people. Yeah. I love Lena. Jeez. <laughs> so I'm sorry to Morgan for uh, having just the 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 very basic connection to me through the podcast because of this, and uh, I hope your reputation was not tarnished in this uh, by any uh, stretch of the imagination. No, I felt like they were, they, they were definitely mostly mad at you. They were somewhat mad at me too. <laughs> like every, every time I tried to like kind of cool it down by being like, you know, the podcast is presented like equal, equal sides and you can just go listen to it. And then they would just be like, man, I was like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I also secondly would like to apologize to Mike, who was a fantastic <laughs> guest on <laughs> our episode of It's a Super Life. And I really wanted to highlight the fact that he was a great guest. And this this controversy over this dumb clip took over the clip of him I released. It really overshadowed his big moment. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I feel awful about that. And so I'm going to create another clip that features Mike and release that we're like out this weekend mike's like no one's liked my clip um, meanwhile my my twitter feed is just a screaming void i was like excuse me <laughs> is this the problem <laughs>
So my apologies publicly, Mike, for that. Um, I will try to make it up to you uh, because you are a great guest, and I really appreciated that you, you came on. You were so good. To be fair, he said he had a great time and that he would come back for snap, snap judgments anytime. Oh, uh, well, we, we will have to find a way to, to bring him back. Um, and then also just I would like to apologize to our listeners because I hope that your association with us, your listening to the podcast, didn't feel make you feel like you had to defend us, make you feel like you were bad people for listening to us, for that, you know, hateful Rebecca Johnson uh, who said all those terrible things about that fictional four-year-old. Um, I, I hope that didn't affect you in any way um, because our listeners are great we have we have built up a, a really fantastic community of people who, who who get us, who contribute to what we do, who uh, participate in what we do, and so I, those are the people that I really care about what they think. Um, uh, maybe not so much these other people, but the the listeners that we have in our community. And and what really disheartened me about the whole thing was that we've been doing this for five years. We've built up this community. We have a lot of listeners that we recognize and we engage with all the time, and they're a lot of fun. And I felt like these people who came in from the outside, who had never listened to us, don't know anything about us, it just it felt like a metaphorical like sledgehammer had come down and just took a swing at our little our little beautiful community of people that we've we've created and we've cultivated and uh, built up and. That was really sad for me um, because it just it just felt like someone had tried to destroy what we built. And so I, I just want to take the time to apologize to all the listeners um, because whatever dumb thing I say on the podcast shouldn't re- shouldn't reflect poorly on any of you. Despite this whole kerfuffle um, that we are, are incredibly blessed that we have the coolest and best listeners like anywhere like we have a we have a legal team. Uh, we get like uh, the snap judgments that we get are, are, are so great. Like, and we get them every, every episode. So, I mean, you guys are really part of what makes doing this podcast so much fun. And, uh, and when we were getting like a lot of very negative, uh, reactions this weekend, uh, like we would, I would, I was getting some like people checking and going like, Hey, are you okay? Or like. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Are you guys all right? And that was so nice to see our community kind of come in and go and ask us, hey, how are you doing? And I think that that's the kind of community that we have have sort of developed on this podcast are just just really nice people who, you know, enjoy the show and take it, you know, a little bit, maybe a little bit less seriously or <laughs> a little bit more lightly. <laughs> they, they enjoy the jokes, you know, Um but our listeners are great, so I wanted to give a shout out to our listeners who might have, you know, also ended up on Twitter and been like, "What's happening?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was, um, and I'll probably talk about this a little bit later because we do have a, a an email that sort of um, is a better place to discuss it. But there were times in the weekend where I was feeling really bummed out. I was feeling really sorry for myself, and uh, yesterday. I got on Twitter, still feeling a little bit bummed, and I saw you, Morgan, tweeting <laughs> with Wendy at car underscore quirrell about Franklin 
and sleeping under the desk at Catco. <laughs> and that was, and, and I also got, you know, a couple of messages on Instagram that really reminded me of some of the things that, you know, the, the lighthearted things that we do on the podcast that sort of brighten other people's day and sort of um, add something to their lives. But that, that tweet exchange reminded me why I have so much fun doing this podcast, why I enjoy it, doing it every week, why I've done it for five years. And so I think that that was, it was a really, um, it was a palate cleanser, I guess, that, you know, we had, we had gone through all this hate for like two straight days. And then I saw something and I was like, that's it. That's the podcast. That's Supergirl Radio. So uh, I just want to thank you guys for reminding me of the, the good and positive things about why I do this uh, because I'd sort of forgotten it over the weekend. It was, it was tough to, to remember that. So just wanted to uh, shout out that because it really, uh, it brought me, it brought me back from sort of the, not depression, but just, I just, I just was so dejected. I felt so terrible about myself. And so it, it was a nice reminder of something positive uh, having come out of all this you guys are the reason man <laughs> so i guess we should uh we have some emails uh that came in so i guess we could go over those really quickly we received an email from stefania who writes i was invited to state my opinion about the recent podcast i've listened to sorry for my english i'm italian so i might make some mistakes no problem um you know two languages and i only know one so That's you're true. ahead <laughs> uh I'm a Supergirl fan first, and Lena is one of my favorite Arrowverse characters since season two. About the statement on Lena's mother, where it was stated that maybe Lena kind of enjoyed seeing her mother dying, let me tell you all that I didn't take it well. I mean, we know Lena is not in a good place now. She's making bad choices. I still believe she has her reasons to react in this way, but I do not condone her actions. I believe she will have to make amends, and I'm sure she will. But what do these bad choices have to do with Lena's feelings about her biological mother? The... Lena's mother comment in terms of Lena making bad decisions, it, it was part of a greater list, I guess. Hopefully that m makes sense. Um, I was trying to tie all of that stuff together to to put together an argument, if that makes sense. Uh, she goes on to say, I mean, we can all have our opinions about her and her story, but if there's something very clear is that, is what Lena feels about her mother. She watched her die. She was paralyzed or wasn't understanding what was happening since she was just four years old at the time. What could a four-year-old child do? What could she possibly feel? Lena told about her mother's death and she was feeling guilty because she couldn't help her she felt like there was something wrong with her because she couldn't even scream when she saw her dying adam told her she wasn't guilty because she was only four it's not hard to understand and then we have that scene with lena watching herself and her mother laughing and playing in the vr while holding the medallion lena had tears in her eyes she wanted to find that medallion because it was important for her mother and andrea betrayed her in the process how can we say that there's something villainous in a child who couldn't save her mother because she was just a child? I don't understand why this this is a genuine question. I don't understand why there couldn't be something villainous in a child. I probably disagree. Like I, we've established that I disagree with the you know that interpretation of the scene. But in I will say in a like a the superhero genre is heightened reality. So I yeah I don't think that there's like no you know no no way that this could happen because we're dealing with a heightened reality like there were like literally flying toys the other episode. I think for me it's the the question the question is does that make sense with what Lena remembered and what she described to Adam and 
And that's why I sort of butted heads with that confidence women episode because I didn't, I, I didn't think they did a good job of getting from rather the fallen angel to that VR and showing her happy with her mother. So, I mean, I could, I could justify it to tie it into my interpretation that she was creating an ideal scenario that never probably really happened. Maybe that was just her trying to lessen her guilt over watching her mother die and trying to turn it around and make it something nice and beautiful. And that was trying to save herself from the guilt that she felt about watching her mother die. See, there uh, to me, there are many ways of reading some of those scenes. Uh, she goes on to say, I hope I've been able to explain myself and why I think this statement is really not good or professional even. Disliking a character is okay. Disliking some... So I'm sorry, just the, the idea that we dislike Lena. Uh, disliking some bad actions that this character is making is understandable. And I even agree that disliking a storyline is pretty fair. But saying a child likes seeing her mother dying is harmful in my opinion well Stefania thank you for sending that in um I, I appreciate obviously Stefania is not a listener um because she thinks that we uh, that interpretation comes from disliking Lena so I do respect that she you know when we asked for people to write us in tell us their opinions she actually did yeah I I do appreciate that that someone did want to share and engage with us on that level uh, I do have some questions about some of the statements in this email. Um, so I've seen the critique, and obviously St Stefania makes it here, that it wasn't professional of me to have this interpretation. And my question is why? Why, why is that? If I'm, in a, if, if I'm a reviewer, if I'm someone who's tasked with the uh, ability to analyze a scene, how was my reading of that scene unprofessional? Uh, I gave I gave my reasons for it. I shared um, how you know my my viewpoint, uh, how I come to the conclusion of my viewpoint, and and tried to make it as clear as possible. So, to me, that I don't understand that that critique. And I think this is from a lot of people seeing it as your perspective on this the um, that scene being driven by like a malicious feeling towards a character which it didn't. No, no. <laughs> like, it wasn't like you're, I hate Lena, and I need to figure out a way <laughs> to trash her. <laughs> like, that would be unprofessional if you were like, I just hate this character, and, like, everything she does is, is garbage. Like, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't want to listen to that podcast either, probably, but, like, that's not how it happened. If anything, it's like, I want Lena to be evil because I will love her more, if that's the case. <laughs> Um, and then I also, again, genuine question, uh, Stefania says, saying a child liked her, seeing her mother dying is harmful. I don't, I wasn't trying to harm anybody. I don't understand how that's harmful if it's my analysis of a fictional character and what this fictional character is going through. Um, so that, that I'd, I don't understand those critiques, but I, I do appreciate the, the willingness to engage in the conversation. All right, well, we have an email from at Laura Redenbaugh who writes, quote, dropping a few thoughts here and hoping to do so logically and without venom. Number one, Lena and her mother's death. I think plenty of people have weighed in on this, so I'm skipping it. Thank you. Uh, number two, Adam and the Heronel trials. Uh, Adam particularly read the section of the contract about the chance of expiration. He calls it out as sugarcoating the risk of death. He clearly understands what he is signing up for. Lena tries to cancel the trial and he stops her. 
Participating in clinical trials invokes involves risk that the treatment won't work or that even if it initially works, it may stop working on an individual. That's why at least one cancer drug commercial thanks to patients who participated in the clinical trials and their families because the families might be the only ones who still around when the drug was finally approved. The basic definition of murder is killing someone with the intention of doing so, since curing all quote, the things that make men weak, unquote, is Lena's intention, not killing Adam. His death cannot be called a murder. I'm going to jump in here because, again, Rebecca was getting a lot of flack for my science murdering of you <laughs> joke. Uh, I, I do want to say I don't disagree with anything we just read. Like, I don't disagree <laughs> I with don't that either. at all. Like, he, he read the fine print. He knew what he was in for. Um, I will say, was that... Um, that trial that Lena was doing like part of a larger trial that was like part of an organization say where there was any kind of oversight or it was just her in a lab somewhere <laughs> sticking needles in a person. Yeah. I'm going to say, I agree 100% with what was written in. I, I don't, you can't say that Lena, she technically did not science murder a guy. Okay. <laughs> um, however, she that trial was definitely not can we all agree it wasn't like 100% on the level though <laughs> like <laughs> i'm not i'm not bashing lena for it like like she did what she had to do but it, it wasn't like she had any kind of oversight of any kind going on there she could have like just been luring people to her lab to bonk them over the head for <laughs> for all we know <laughs> yeah so it's the science murdering just a joke not becca's fault that yeah. one's me <laughs> I participated in it because I think it's funny too. All right, so number three, Project Non-Nocheri. Uh, early on when Hope and Eve have become joined, Hope slash Eve says, quote, you don't want a world of robots, you just want better people, unquote. My interpretation of what Lena wants is not mind control so much as rebooting everyone to have a conscience and listen to it. It's like this. Suppose you have noticed that your clothes are getting a bit tight. You vow that you are going to cut back on indulging and lose some weight. A few hours later, the person who is the best baker in the office comes by your desk with a tray of your favorite cookies and offers them to you. Reflexively, you start to salivate, your hand reaches toward the tray, your pupils may even dilate, and just as your hand hovers over the cookies, you remember your vow, sigh, and retract your hand. That is the result Lena is wanting, only instead of with cookies, she wants it with human interactions. She wants everyone to hear in their minds, Now, Thumper, what did your father tell you? Unquote. Is that a um? Is that a Bambi reference? I feel like that's got to be a Bambi reference, right? Yeah, it's and been a while since I've seen Bambi. If that's a Bambi reference, respect for that deep cut. Yeah, love <laughs> love Thumper though, so cute. Um, and so the end of this email says, of course we know it's not going to work, or at least it won't work the way it is supposed to. I believe the reason Lex is helping Lena is that he plans to corrupt what she's creating, and the reason Gemma, uh, aka Pencil Skirt, pushed <laughs> Andrea to partner with Lena is that Leviathan is playing Lex with the idea of using Lena's creation for their purposes. Okay, so my question here is, if I wanted to make Twitter nicer after how people treated me over the weekend, and the way I chose to do that was to remove free will from everyone on the planet, would that be seen as okay? Would that be would that be okay just because I have good intentions? I think there's also an interesting perspective, which is I guess the way that she sees it um, is that what Lena's trying to do is just kind of put like a like a little conscience voice, like let your conscience be your guide. That's gonna like you know when you're about to tweet something mean at somebody, they're like maybe you don't do that. Um, 
And so that's definitely like a less harmful way of looking at what non-notary might be. However, is not putting a, a, a little conscience voice in your head that you didn't ask for, like a very real violation of like your bodily anatomy and like your rights of just being like your own person out in the world. I think so. Yeah. The, the whole season I've been like, her evil plan is to make people nicer is really funny uh, because it's like the worst evil plan ever. Um <laughs> It's like I, I, I'm tired of these people being mean, and now they're gonna be nice to me. Um, but yeah, I don't like if you said like, "Hey, I'm gonna make everybody nicer," but you're gonna have to give up like some of your freedoms and some of your ability to like just think your own thoughts. I don't know. I think that's that's a tough one. I don't know that a lot of people would sign up for that. And I think if you don't let people sign up for that, then you are taking away their free will. If you're taking people's ability. To choose. To, to to choose. If if you can't choose to be bad, you might not be able to choose good either. Like you, ha I think you have to. In order to be free, you have to be able to f be free to choose either one. This season is kind of getting into some like philosophical debates, and I'm kind of sad that we're not getting more of that like on the actual show. Like the the whole non cherry thing. I wish that there was somebody that Lena still talked to. <laughs> That could kind of push her on that so that it could be a kind of a debate about like, you know, free will versus, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because it's there's some interesting like philosophical debates in there. Um, but I, I don't know that the the show is engaging with it on the level that like the viewers clearly are. No, I, I think that would be a good dynamic between Supergirl and Lena, but they really haven't explored that as much so we have an email from Zarel 2792 who writes i feel like it's time we bring up this topic of morally gray lena again it's a tale as old as time by this point in season five and to be really honest as i am a fan of lena's i'm exhausted of the rehashing of it all in season two i understood i understood that aspect because she was a new girl in town trying to make a name for herself outside of her family wink wink and lena did have those moments when she had people intrigued about her endgame i thought it had been resolved when season two ended but when season three and four hit the show literally said hold my scotch <laughs> uh <laughs> lena has been morally gray since 2016 uh, and that is her slogan uh <laughs> lena morally gray since 2016 uh <laughs> and it's 2020 now and the show is still tr trending on if lena will pull a morgana pendragon on us uh seeing katie mcgraw play roles such as those excites me and i was shamelessly into seeing lena go there even if there's some good behind it in her twisted questionable way that rolls up reactions of showing her luther jeans but at the end of every season whatever gray project lena happens to be doing eventually winds up being what helps assist team super friends and just when i think we've settled that lena isn't her family and the show lather the show lather rinses and repeats it all for lena again but adds a little extra something to amplify this scenario where i get frustrated when it comes to lena's treatment like this is that characters prior to her always get a do-over i suppose they have their i was a shady person back then but now i'm reformed happy ending and the chapter is closed there's win situation where he could have gone uh, the road of his dad but time and time again the show made sure to prove his fate wasn't such and now he's a hero in the future embracing his father's villainous name to make it a force for good so that's where i do get heartbroken for lena because it doesn't always seem to work out for her 
her, especially after what she's gone through growing up and still trying to convince people she's not a villain. If you guys end up snagging another interview at uh, San Diego Comic-Con with Katie McGraw this year, I hope you can get her take on this hot topic, only because I know she likes to keep a character interesting. But when it comes to what she's created and gone through with Lena, I wonder if she ever has a laugh, turns to the writer, writers and goes, come on, guys, can Lena catch a break? <laughs> All good thoughts. I, I, I do agree. I kind of feel like... If after this season they haven't settled on where they want that character to end up, it's going to be real tedious. Like, either she's going to, I feel like after this season, she's got to break bad or she's got to go to the good side and, like, be kind of the character we're used to. Like, good, but kind of morally gray. Like, I don't feel like they can't do, they've been doing this every season. Like, is Lena? Nope. Is Lena? Like, you got to, you got to, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of it too yeah i personally think they they really need to land on lena's character no matter no matter what it is i think they need to to really land on something well we have an email from brandon who writes quote i mean i'm emailing in response to your constructive criticism tweet i personally never thought there was a problem with the things you said in the last episode I was more upset that we had a lack of Lucy Lane talk. Hashtag never forget. Ah, <laughs> oh, Lucy Lane. But based on what I've seen on Twitter, the only bit of advice is to re-listen to what you say and edit things out. It's human to ramble or say things you don't necessarily mean. In my opinion, I wouldn't have edited a word. But some people have certain experiences that may be triggering and we should all, including me, respect. But that respect works both ways and we all need to be super. Be, uh, be someone our favorite Kara would be proud of. And I know the lovely women of Supergirl Radio are doing that and more importantly, advocating for it, unquote. Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> Just so you have the context, um, I actually do edit a lot out of a Supergirl Radio episodes. Um, I sniffle a lot because when I went through cancer, I think it like it killed my nose hairs. So I sniffle involuntarily and it sucks. I hate it. But I tend to sniffle a lot um, just in case there are coughs or there's some sort of exterior noise. Like if we're, you know, sometimes I type on the keyboard, I remove that kind of stuff. Um, so I cut a lot of that out. I also add in sound effects and um, any kind of bumpers that we might have. And I will also take the time to tighten up things, like especially during snap judgments to make them, you know, a little background, make them sound like snap judgments. You know, sometimes we really <laughs> take our time with them. But I try to tighten everything up so it's it's an easier listen so that you're not having to wait around for an answer. Um, so I do end up uh, editing these things quite a bit. Um, and some there have been occasions where I've said something where I, I thought, you know, that might be a little insensitive. And so I'll, t I'll take it out. And I'll, I'll tell Morgan, hey, like I'm, I'm taking this out just FYI. Um, so I have done that in the past. But my question is then, how am I supposed to know what triggers somebody? That's that's the thing. Is like I'm not going to be able to predict how somebody else is going to receive any of our words, and this might sound a little harsh, but I think there's also a responsibility on the part of the listener to be able to, uh, if you disagree or you don't like it, you just walk away. You stop listening to it and you walk away. Um, I have to do that a lot with the things I listen to. If I don't like what they say delete it move on with my day yeah and I, and I will say i think we try our best to be very sensitive to you know to be like sensitive when when we discuss things and to try to listen to listener feedback if people are like you know we don't like this or this upset us like you know usually we try to you know learn and grow we're all people so we're all trying to learn and grow um but yeah to a certain extent there's you know 
you can't we can't be for everyone and that's okay and that's fine like we have a great community but we're not going to be everyone's cup of tea like when you don't have to you don't have to listen like we'll try our best but that's kind of all we can do and i'm just going to take this this opportunity to say if you don't like supergirl radio and you have a lot of issues with us there's a lot of different supergirl podcasts out there and i don't i don't make any money from this podcast so i don't really care <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I'm, I want you to listen and engage with us. But if you don't want to, I also don't care. Uh, if you want to listen to, you can go to Supergirl TV Talk. You can listen to Supergirl's Attic. There's the Supergirl podcast from After Buzz TV. Super Trash, a Supergirl <laughs> Legends podcast. Televised Super podcast. Trash. <laughs> televised That's podcast. Awful. DC TV Squadcast, a Supergirl uh, Supercast from TV. Made of Steel, a Supergirl podcast, and Pot of Course, a Supergirl podcast. <laughs> Pot of Course is also a good name. There's some good names in here. <laughs> so those are additional Supergirl podcasts. If you don't like what we have to say, you might like what these other podcasts have to say. So I, I just want to give them a shout out to say, hey, if we're if we aren't your cup of tea, you you can probably find somebody else who maybe is. And the only other thing I would think about in regards to this email is there's a lot of concern about how the people who took offense to what I said, what they felt. There's very little empathy uh, in regards to how I felt on the other end of that. And that's that's been something that has been really disheartening. Um, because while I am a grown woman uh, and feel like I should be able to uh, deal with this stuff a little better, mean things that are said directly to you and about your character still hurt it's still emotionally impactful and it's still it still can mess with me i personally am a very highly sensitive person um i get i get hurt emotionally very easily i i cry at the drop of a hat um and i take things i i take things uh very sensitively and very personally so uh you know i mean Saturday was a wreck for me. Sunday was also a wreck for me. And it took me a lot. I, I mean, part of me didn't want to do the podcast anymore. Part of me was like, I'm going to quit live tweeting. I'm going to quit doing the clips. I'm going to quit doing all this stuff. Like, I, I wanted to kind of just shrivel up and die, partially. And um, so there's, there's also that to think of. You know, it's, it's one thing for people who listen to what we say what they think and how they feel but it would also be nice to have them think about how we feel in return to the hateful things that they said to us yeah and I, I think it's really important when you're when you see something that you don't agree with to try to remember that there is a, a human person on the other side of that and to you know to talk to them as you would talk to a person that you know that maybe that messed up. Like, again, I'm not saying that Rebecca did or, or whatever, but if you feel like, say you didn't agree with that, we had some people who did come in and were saying, I don't really agree with that interpretation, blah, 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 blah and th here's why. And that's fine. Like, that's kind of what we're used to on the podcast where people will send us in feedback and go, I, you know, you said this and I don't agree and here's why. And that's fine because that's constructive. And then we can have a conversation about your take and my take and Rebecca's take. Um, when you tweet back, you're a psychopath 
we can't have a productive conversation about that. I don't know what you want me to do with that. Like I was, I think maybe right before the podcast started, I was saying like, it just seemed like a lot of people were mad at us. And then I, I was, we were both prompting people. Okay. Well, if you have thoughts and feelings about this, please send it to our email address because obviously Twitter is where nuance goes to die. And, uh, we didn't get, you know, we got a, a decent amount of emails, a lot of them from our longtime listeners. Um, but we didn't get that many. And it's just it because it to me, it feels like people just want it to be mad. So instead of being mad, like start a conversation. We were both open, I think, to having conversations with people and about their takes on the on the scene, their takes about stuff. It's just that a lot of people, that's not what they want it. They just want it to, to, to be mad at us. Yeah, I think that they wanted to show outrage and, and wanted to it felt like a lot of them really wanted to inflict some kind of hurt and some 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 emotional damage there like you don't say that kind of stuff and and not want the other person to feel bad about it yeah like lena luther is a is an incredible incredible fictional character but she is a fictional character we are real people it was not a great weekend for for either of us and and i can say personally for me it was it was not a great weekend at all not a great weekend um, so there, there were, there were things that I just, I want, I want people to, to know that like when you say hateful, awful things, you are, somebody else is on the other side of that. And I think we forget that sometimes because, you know, you might have a Katie McGraw profile picture and so nobody knows who you are, but there are other people uh, on there. So Anytime you engage with somebody, just just remember that that there is somebody on the other side of that. Starting to understand why Katie McGraw doesn't have social media. Yeah, she's pretty smart <laughs> about that. Yeah. Uh, so Patty Mello wrote in to say, "Hi, super ladies, how are you doing? Uh, has Twitter finally calmed down?" It has, Patty. Uh, I hope so. Uh, people can be so mean online. I've recently finished watching Merlin, and I've noticed a lot of parallels between Lena and Morgana. I know that both of you are fans of the show, so I thought it would be fun to talk about how none of these ladies are villains in my book. Uh, to be clear, I'm only referencing Merlin the TV show, not the legend. Um, she goes on to say, both Lena and Morgana were fundamentally good people since they were introduced by the shows. They were kind and only wanted to do and be good. They they even used the phrase force for good at some point in the shows. In Lena's case regarding Luther Corp and how she could turn her family's legacy around, and in Morgana's case, in relation to magic and how it could be used to do good. They're also very lonely people. All both of them ever wanted was to be accepted and have people in their lives who were loyal to them. Lena eventually found some friends, but just like Morgana, she finds out that they were lying to her the whole time. They also discover their, their lineage later in life, um, just like Lena, Morgana never knew who her father really was and how they both had a blood relation to the families who raised them. However, what I think is the most interesting thing about them is how their stories could have been different if a close friend of theirs would have just been honest about having powers. Imagine how Morgana's life could have been if Merlin had just had the courage to tell her that he also had magic. Uh, she wouldn't have felt so alone. He could have helped her control it and she wouldn't have had to turn to her 
her bitter sister for support. Maybe she wouldn't have gone to a dark path if he had just told her. Uh, just like we know, things would have uh, would be totally different if Kara told Lena from the beginning. We saw how happy Lena was to have someone trust her completely and how there wasn't any tension between her and Supergirl. I'm not saying that Merlin and Kara are responsible for the actions of their friends. All I'm saying is that things could have gone differently if they were honest with them. Other things that they have in common, they had terrible childhoods, their mothers died at a young age, and they had awful fathers. They were both outcasts, Alina because of her last name and Morgana because of her magic, and they both felt betrayed by the people they loved the most. As for being a villain, I feel like Morgana was more misunderstood than evil. All she wanted was for her people to live free in Camelot and not have to suffer uh, just for being born with magic. Yes, she was ruthless, but so were her enemies, uh, especially Uther, who is the real villain of the story, in my opinion. Uh, Lena was never a villain. She's misguided at the moment, but her mission was always not to do harm. She's going the wrong way about doing that. Uh, to conclude, my point is that Morgana and Lena are good people who did bad things but are not villains. Oh, man, Merlin. That's a blast from the past. It's the best. Merlin's so good. You know, I never finished Merlin, and I really need to finish it because I need to get to, like, full-on, more like, Katie McGraw chewing the scenery. Like, I didn't, I didn't quite make it there. <laughs> Evil Morgana is a choice. I mean, she has a little <laughs> pet baby dragon and everything. It's so oh my good. Her Her hair gets exponentially crazier as it goes on. And this <laughs> and the sister that Patty Mello talks about is she's just as crazy. Um, so, I'm first of all, Patty, thank you for uh, bringing Merlin onto the podcast because uh, anytime we can talk about that, that's great for me. Um, I would also say that uh, I think that it's a super life made the case that no matter what Kara did, things would still be different you know i don't think Kara could have fixed it just by telling lena her secret early on i think she went through all the different scenarios and i think that boils down to choices that all the characters make and so lena has choices she she could for both morgana and lena could have forgiven people who had wronged them who could have made the choice to do good uh, but they don't make those choices so i think that's that's nothing to do with Merlin or it's nothing to do with Supergirl. It's it's all on them. Everybody has a choice to, to do what uh, they think is right or to go down a dark path. And so if you don't make that right choice, that's, that's on you, I think. Um, and I also just, nobody has really clarified this for me. Because uh, I asked in our 100th episode review of when is it the right time to call somebody a villain? Because there's a lot of critiques that oh she's just misunderstood lena's just misunderstood she's just in a really bad place right now and and i just don't understand what makes a villain then are all villains just i mean i know most of them can be misunderstood but like think about lex he's probably the most villainous character on the show maybe he's just misunderstood maybe he just uh, just was really wronged about how lena went horseback riding without him and that's just why he <laughs> goes so around mad and kills all those people maybe he just he's he's not a villain he just he's just really misunderstood so like when when is it okay when is it okay to call him a villain i mean I, i'll i think i'll i'll just echo what i said in the 100th episode which is that like she is uh she is trending towards villainy she is uh she is steering that ship 
to the villain horizon. She's uh, a <laughs> she's uh, too villainy, but she's not quite. I don't think, in my personal opinion, she's quite there yet. I think she's done some bad things. She's made some bad choices in this season uh, because she is hurt and because she is mad. Uh, but I don't think that she's done anything that she can't come back from. I think that's sort of like when I think of like a villain villain, I think of like. Lex Luthor or Rain or somebody who is like all bad and they've done a lot of bad things. Um, uh, and I think that Lena is doing pretty shady things, but I don't think she's done anything so bad that it's like, oh, there's no coming back from that. So my question is to you, if the same character was not named Lena Luthor and she was not played by Katie McGrath, would you think the same thing? Huh. That's an interesting question. I mean, probably because I also kind of felt like Andrea Rojas is not quite a villain. Like, I feel like after getting her origin story, I felt like she wasn't purely villainous like I had at first thought she was. Like, she's kind of a person who kept getting put in a hard place and making the wrong choice. Um, whereas, like, she's, like, not enjoying the villainy i don't know maybe maybe i see a villain as being more of the like doing a bad thing and kind of enjoying it and kind of like doing it for to do the bad thing whereas i think that lena is is doing what she thinks is right and she's just kind of like doing things out of hurt and anger now if she continues down this road She's going to get to Villain Town and she's going <laughs> to become the mayor of it. But like right now, I think she's just on that path. Uh, I think there's still there, you know, the road's going to fork at some point and there's going to be like coming back from this on one end and full on uh, crow coat on the other end. <laughs> she's going to have to make her choice. <laughs> I want to take a trip to Villain Town. <laughs> that would be the best. Uh, well, Abby sent us an email saying, quote, I hope the beginning of your week has been better than this past weekend. It broke my heart to see how you were treated online. Supergirl Radio has been one of my favorite enjoyments these past few years. I would not be lying when I say that one of the reasons I still watch Supergirl is because of your podcast. The other reason is Katie McGrath. <laughs> Supergirl Radio gave me hope in the TV show because of your compassion for all viewpoints. Due to life events, I have not been able to watch Supergirl on a weekly basis, but I would still download your podcast even though I would have no clue what happened in the episode. So she, so Abby's Aww. basically doing the, you don't have to watch this show, but you can listen exactly. to it. Uh, Abby goes on to say, that being said, when I saw what went down, I made it a priority to catch up with the show so that next episode I will be able to participate with feedback in all the fun segments. Yay! Nevertheless... I saw that you are doing two episodes this week, so I wanted to send this, send you this to ensure that you know my gratitude and receive thanks for what you do. I just finished your recent podcast, and while I do not agree with the statement, quote, Lena liked watching her mother die, unquote, I can certainly see why someone would. I mean, didn't Lena question herself why she didn't do anything? Needless to say, it is up to us as the viewer to interpret the scene whichever way we like, unquote. Thank you, Abby. That's exactly. all I'm trying to say. That's all we've been saying is that there, like most things, there are multiple interpretations. Uh, so Jamie wrote in to say, Hi, y'all. I've been a longtime listener since season two. I have a few thoughts on Lena's story this season. Lena Luther is an extremely complicated character. She's had a horrible childhood. The past circumstances have left Lena with a hard time trusting people. I understand why she's upset with Kara. What I feel like people are not realizing is that despite everything she's gone through, it doesn't make what she's currently doing right now 
okay. Uh, she's doing what Astra and Nan did in season one. They were the main villains in season one. I do feel that Lena didn't like seeing her mother die in the flashback, but I get what you were getting at. I don't think you meant any harm. Just wanted to send in my thoughts. Thanks for the awesome podcast and hope you all have a great day. So Kanisha also wrote in to say, I just wanted to write in to say that I love your podcast. I listen to your episodes multiple times and I always check incessantly for the next episode. You ladies do a great job discussing the show's storylines with humor and insight from the comics, which as a non-comic reader, I really appreciate your research and knowledge that you add to the show's storylines. Kanisha, I will say that that uh, research and knowledge is all from one Rebecca Johnson. <laughs> I'm like, what's this pretty picture in the Google Doc? <laughs> you read the comics sometimes. Yeah, I do. Sometimes. <laughs> I know about Eliza's uh, disappearing hand. Uh, uh, we all should know about that. We should all be aware <laughs> that that happened. It was a thing that happened. Um, well, thank you all for those those encouraging words. Uh, we have an email from Alanis who writes, quote, I am very sorry that you have received so much hate for that post. It is a shame that an opinion cannot be given without disagreeing with people and responding with insults. But I wanted to tell you that I really appreciate how much effort you put into each episode. My friends don't watch Supergirl, so I love being able to share my opinion with people who watch it and also listen to other people's thoughts. Every time I see that there is a new podcast episode, I get excited because I know I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to laugh and be entertained. I'm not uh, good at words, and I don't know much English either, but I hope I've explained myself. Thank you very much for everything, girls, and keep up the wonderful work, end quote. Well, Alanis, I think you did a great job with your English. Oh, yeah. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. Uh, excellent job. Um, and thank you for those encouraging thoughts as well. Um, I'm glad that we can be uh, a place for you to talk about the show and um, hear about the show, even if you don't have that in, uh, in your sphere of influence. Well, uh, PJ wrote in to say, quote, I wanted to say you all are doing an amazing job. I do reaction videos to Supergirl. I know what it's like to be the target of fandom, but keep speaking truth, analyzing, and breaking down the show as it's meant to be. You may ruffle some feathers, but you're entitled to state your opinion just like everybody else in the Supergirl fandom, unquote. Uh, same to you, PJ. Uh, keep, cool. keep doing what you're doing, and uh, I, I know that there's a lot of love for reaction videos, and that's a it's a big medium on YouTube, so... Uh, you know, I hope I hope you stay with it and, and keep sharing your opinion. Uh, so Susie wrote in saying, I wanted to chime in after seeing the response from last week's podcast episode. When I was 13 years old, I watched my mom pass away in front of my eyes from breast cancer. I watched her last breath. It was an incredibly traumatic thing to go through, one that I'll be healing from my entire life. While I don't agree with Rebecca's take on Lena's villainous qualities, I certainly didn't think that anything said warranted such an intensely negative reaction from Supergirl fans. We are all entitled to opinions, but the level of vitriol directed at you guys on Twitter was completely out of line. I saw fans cursing at you, calling you names, and mocking you in subtweets. That's not okay. The fans have every right to disagree and provide criticism and feedback. But this fandom took it too far. I am a huge Lena is good and Supercorp fan and the surviving child of a real human mother that I saw watched pass away. Lena is a fictional character. The four-year-old that everyone was so intense about defending is not real. It's upsetting to me that people would get this aggressive and nasty about defending a fictional character when there are real-life tragedies all around us and in our own lives. Everyone needs to take a step back and take a deep breath. So Susie, I'm really sorry to hear about your mom. Uh, as a breast cancer survivor myself, uh, I'm I'm really sorry about that because I I know I know what that's like. Um, so thank you for sharing your story though, and um, for your opinion on this matter and on on the show. 
so I really appreciate your thoughts. Yeah, thank you so much, and, and very sorry for your loss. And we, we really do appreciate you writing in and, and sharing your story with us. Uh, well, Joshua writes in to say, quote, I was wondering how you gals felt about the possibility of Eva Lena from the worst Betamix beta timeline returning <laughs> to the show. The plot hinges on fifth dimensional energies being manipulated in this world, and that's pretty high-level stuff. That place is Rhythm Nation, Lena, above <laughs> many powerful entities in the DCU. Uh, lunatic comic scribe Grant <laughs> Grant Morrison is a, he he's special. Uh, <laughs> lunatic comic scribe Grant Morrison once had Batmite refer to the imagination as the fifth dimension during Batman R.I.P. Could this imaginary Lena use her manipulation of fifth dimensional energy to punch her way into the reality of Earth Prime? That's literally how it works. Could this be an opportunity for the writers to have Car and Lena make up and also still give us an evil Lena to fight together even? Thanks and keep being the best DC podcast out there, unquote. Josh, oh my God. What an Joshua. awesome idea. Joshua, would you like to write for the show? Because <laughs> apparently I am the head writer and I have just hired you. <laughs> that would be... I mean, Rebecca, that would give both of us exactly what we want. And I would get to keep, like, her, like, weird crow outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I am into that possibility. And also, uh, Rhythm Nation Lena is my new favorite thing. <laughs> this is the best. That's probably the best description of that look that I've seen thus far. <laughs> I mean, absolutely nailed it. Oh, man. Joshua. A classic. <laughs> All right. Uh, it looks like our last email is uh, is one with some questions from new Rachel. Uh, she asks, one, if Lena could give a makeover to any character, who would you want it to be and what would their new look be like? Who needs a new look? I know. Um, I would have her give a makeover to Jean. Uh, and I would have her give him like a dapper makeover. Oh, like, like what if he's got what if he's got, like working some hats in, some three piece suits, some nice ties, a little color, a little color in his wardrobe. I feel like we don't get a lot, some pops of color. <laughs> well, he could, he could use that because isn't he supposed to sometimes be a detective? Yeah, like what if what if he goes for like a like a like a private detective look? Like she gives a he like suddenly he's just like a, in a film noir all the time. So suddenly he has like a. Like a yellow trench coat like Dick Tracy. Yes. <laughs> or or the, the guy who hung around with Curious George. Yes. Or that guy. <laughs> uh, two, if you could give fashion advice to the main cast, what would it be? I don't know. I mean, I see them outside of the, the Supergirl. Are we talking about, like, in the show? Or are we talking about, like, outside? Because I think they're crushing the game outside. I don't think they need my advice. I guess it's outside. I would just say, Jesse Rath, uh, keep working those awesome suits. I think you're, oh, yeah. you're really, you look good. You you, you make a suit work. And I, th I, I just want to encourage him to, to really just keep working those suits. Uh, okay, three. What would be the better ending for Lex? If Lena is the one who beats him, um, would you want him to be trapped in the virtual world made by Obs uh, Obsidian forever? living out a fantasy that he won and that everyone is at his mercy? Or would you want Lena to take over his body using hope? Third scenario that I just thought of, would you want Mixie to come back and turn him into a horse? Okay, I'm going to nix the third scenario immediately. The horse is her love interest. We've established it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't, what would you pick, Rebecca? I think I would pick... Oh, I, 
I like yeah. him. I like him st- staying in the fantasy world and thinking that he won. I think that would be yeah. a perfect way to to show that uh, the show that he has no real power. Yeah, I would go with that one too. Although you know, any chance to to get hope, obviously, it's hard <laughs> to turn down. Uh, <laughs> what food did Alex put on Cara's gravestone in the timeline where Cara died? Was it pot stickers, pizza, pie, etc.? I think it's got to be pot stickers. Oh, I was gonna say donuts, maybe. Oh, she does love a good donut. I don't know. Maybe it was both. Maybe it was a a smorgasbord. Yeah, maybe she just put a whole bunch. I mean, yeah. She brought spread. Yeah. (laughs) Um, If you could go back in time to 2015 and tell yourselves one thing about Supergirl and or the podcast, other than the show podcast still going on five years in the future, or gives yourself advice about the podcast, what would those things be? So if you go back in time, we could do it all different. Like, Like Carr did. We could go back. We could do it all different. What would we do different? I had looked at this earlier, and I still don't have that. That one's such a tough one. Like I feel like there's probably so many things I would tell myself, and also like I don't know. The journey has been so enjoyable. Like, would I want to take it away from myself? <laughs> would I would I want to take away like discovering the under death situation? <laughs> I guess after this past weekend, I would I would have my I would go back in time to tell Rebecca in 2015 not to worry so much about what other people say because those people ultimately don't matter. They may be great people, but they're they're what they say doesn't matter cuz your identity is not found in them. Your identity is found in your faith and you uh are are not the person that they think that you are and not to let those outside people tell you who you are and uh to also just enjoy doing something that that you like to do uh and don't let those people take that away from you um so I guess that's what I would tell myself that's a really good one well I guess uh I'll be waiting on my um my legion cruiser maybe uh next uh comic con if you ever if we ever make it out there uh we can just steal the ring from Jesse Rath <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this wrap up on this Twitter controversy that we got embroiled in. And I was hoping we could do this very quickly. Yeah, I apologize for the length of this this one. We're like, oh, we're just going to do a quick. We were talking about this afternoon. We're going to do a quick in and out on this one. Uh, We had a lot to say, I guess. Um, So uh, uh, we'll get back to our regular business of talking about all things Supergirl and all about the the awesome things that we enjoy about the show and and having a good time doing it. So uh, so this 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 is it. We're, we've talked about it. We've addressed it. We're moving on. Oh, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, after this podcast, we've put it to bed and I'm done with it. Yeah. <laughs> We're still going to talk about science murdering. That's Oh, yeah. I'm how... sorry. I love that joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, though, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you want to email us, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can call us at 678-718-7252 and leave a voicemail. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. We are also on Radio Public and Podchaser and on dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We're also available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. 
And you can find all of the links to everything I just mentioned on uh, supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to the Macho Man for the DC TV plugs. Oh yeah, this is the Macho Man Randy Savage. And I'm here to tell you that Supergirl Radio is a part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you like other shows on their network, like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Batwoman, Titans, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, Stargirl, and don't forget the classic DC TV shows. You can subscribe to all this on DC TV Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter. And like DC TV podcasts on Facebook. Oh yeah, take it. You can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, I guess I could also plug the Fakest. Uh, did some voice acting there. Um, occasionally contribute to JLU podcasts uh, for the DCU films. Uh, so, uh, but if, if you want to keep up with me, uh, Instagram is probably the best place. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I am at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Uh, which has been enjoyable, as always. Just wanted I thank to, you. to tell you that. Uh, well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And while this is not necessarily a Supergirl way to end this episode of the podcast, uh, I'd love to leave everyone with this quote from actress and comedian Amy Poehler, who once said, quote, If you can speak about what you care about to a person you disagree with without denigrating them or insulting them, then you may actually be heard. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,